0: this. Okay, campers, welcome to Killstreak episode thirteen. Ooh uh, unlucky thirteen! I am Eric Goslin, and I am joined here, as always, by Mike Price. How are you, sir?
1: I'm great. I didn't think about the fact that our thirteenth episode would fall during this series. Yeah, but it's very. I'm I'm very happy now that it's worked out that way.
0: Yeah, I guess we won't have another cool number like this until we get to sixty nine, four twenty, and six six six. What do you So think? watch out for what what episode six hundred and sixty six. Oh yeah.
1: Um Christ. I can't imagine.
0: Were you gonna ask me what are we gonna do for episode sixty nine?
1: Fuck yeah, that's what I was gonna ask.
0: Human centipede.
1: Um Okay, I mean, logistically, it's more. It's just like that's like one, 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 right? It's not.
0: Really- <laughs> yeah, you're right. We'll think of one. We'll guys write in with your favorite 69-ing themed horror movie, <laughs> and we'll plug. We'll make sure we do it at episode sixty nine. Yeah, even if we're in the middle of a, of a series. <laughs>
1: yeah, we could just Let's stop put- and do like an Emmanuel movie or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lady Chatterley's lover. Ooh, yeah.
1: Um, so what uh you you shared with me uh before we jump into this week's movie, uh mm-hmm. you shared with me a bit of trivia that you learned secondhand from another horror movie podcast uh mm-hmm. about the previous uh installment, part two, that I thought was very amusing. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't so I had mentioned it on the last podcast I've been listening to uh in Voorhees, we trust with Gourley and Rust. Yeah. <laughs> um, hosted by Matt Gourley and Paul Rust. Uh, and I've been, like, purposely not listening ahead because I just don't want to, like, you know, impede on any bits or observations. But they – okay, so I had pointed out in the last episode that when Ginny brings Paul into the cabin, she's like, I got to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, they get away from it. Yeah. And then they, like, assu- you assume they have sex. He wakes up she wakes up and written on the mirror is beware of bears. Right. Right. Previously he said if you're on your menstrual cycle, you know, watch out for bears. So she's just telling him like, "Oh, we can't have sex. I'm on my period." And I was like, "Whoa, I I had never realized that." Mm-hmm. I also felt very good because they like Paul had seen the movie several times and mm-hmm. never really picked up on the fact that the counts the kids weren't even going to be there it's like a, a camp a camp to train counselors okay so but but that was correct like, right that was correct yes okay
1: great yeah. i feel vindicated well that's <laughs> that's very exciting yeah um, it is
0: I, like a whole mystery that's been driving me crazy for 2 weeks now <laughs> solved
1: <laughs> um okay so this week we're talking about friday the 13th part 3 Indeed. Um, And I, I feel like before we get into any of the brass tacks about the movie, uh, like just early gut check for anybody who is just tuning into the first five minutes and wants to know what's the deal. How, how did you feel about this one?
0: Uh, it was a definite step down from part two. Mm -hmm. Um, so this one is in 3d, although you can't watch it in 3d is that I'm aware of, um, And some of the changes, because it was shot in 3D, just kind of made for a Mm -hmm. lesser movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's kind of my my biggest gripe, is that I brought it up last couple episodes. You like all the characters in the previous movies, and now we're starting to get into, like, what the fuck are these people even doing together? Yeah,
1: it's a real mishmash of folks going on this trip. Um, Yeah, I I agree with you. I think... uh, like having sat for a day with the movie in my, in my mind, it just like feels, it's very forgettable. It's not, yeah, it's not like a train wreck. Although there are like a lot of things to your point that I really don't like little moments that I don't care for that feel like almost all of them can be traced back to the fact that this was made into a 3d production. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of mediocre. I mean, it, yeah, it is. A, it is a Friday the Thirteenth movie, and I think it functions as a as a as a Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's just like not. There's nothing particularly exceptional exceptional about any part of it.
0: Yes, that and you know, like it sounds like I'm being overly hard on it. I did enjoy watching it. I had you know, yeah. And there's even like the worst Friday the Thirteenth movie is still kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just. It, I think. I didn't think the final girl in this one was as compelling as mm-hmm. Ginny. Yeah. Uh, the acting just wasn't as good. And then, like, I was going to I mean, maybe we could, we'll we just mm-hmm. talk about it when he comes up on camera. Mm-hmm. But Shelly, I want to know your ranking of the nerdy jokesters that yeah. we've had. So yeah. you don't have to answer now. But okay. when he comes on, we'll, we'll, we'll address that. Okay. I
1: think that'll be an interesting um, conversation.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, if you're going, if you're on the fence on whether or not to watch it, you know, at your own discretion, it's not going to yeah. blow your mind, but it mm-hmm. is, it is fun. Yeah, I and I'll say this,
1: like, uh, I, this is not the end all be all of where it will rank against other ones. It was more fun to watch than the first one, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I almost immediately abandoned that like complicated system I was doing, <laughs> and then I, I've just been ranking them against themselves mm-hmm. as yeah. I watch them now. Yeah. Um. The not p- part one, not to get too deep in the weeds of our like ranking process. That's going to be a really hard movie to rank. I think so. Yeah.
1: Well, because it's almost like a black sheep of the whole franchise.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah that I think I think you're right. That's going to be a really interesting question and i mean i'll say i'll say this like going into this series i was very daunted by the idea that we were going to cover so many movies and i know uh it is early and i'm probably going to regret saying this but so far i mean i'm like this i'm just excited to be at the end uh, to get to the end and to like be able to actually look back on having seen all of them in a short period of time and try to rank Uh them like They're going, they're going, you, you compared them in a text conversation we were having the other day to what, what specifically you call them like a light beer. Is that right? Yeah. They're
0: like light beers. They just go down real smooth. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I think I, Coors Light was the one that immediately came to mind, just smooth and drinkable and, you know, don't stop for two seconds to think about the quality. Just be like,
0: yeah, it's, it goes down easy. There have been a few nights... Uh, I mean, I guess I watched this a couple nights ago, but I was almost like, I kind of just want to watch part four now. Yeah, But like now nah, I should digest it a little bit and wait until we record at least to start doubling up. But yeah, I mean, I've been totally psyched to watch all of these movies. And yeah. that wasn't exactly the case with Grave to the Grave. I mean, I guess I was a little excited. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was like excited up until the first five minutes of Necropolis. Because I had yeah. never seen either of the last two. So I was like, I'm very excited to see there's two Return of the Living Dead movies I've never seen. And then it turns out there aren't really two Return of the Living Dead movies I've never seen. There's just two shitty movies with Return of the Living Dead in their title.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think once we start getting into the late 90s with this series, mm-hmm. that's when we're going to start like being like, oh, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it. But... I- I do not have many fond memories of Jason X.
0: I think no, I don't either. I don't I think, either. I'm pretty sure that movie really sucks. There's one really spectacular sucks. moment, um, but other than that, I thought the movie when I first when I watched it, I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." <laughs> but hey, maybe maybe my my tune will change. Yeah. But right now, mm-hmm. we're talking about Friday the Thirteenth Part Three, the Roman numeral three. Yeah. In 3D, takes place on Saturday the 14th and 15th of uh, 1985, (laughs) but was released in 1982. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, to be fair,
1: the title in the original Friday the 13th that places the events of that movie in the present day just says present day. It doesn't Mm. actually put a date on it.
0: That's a good point. I, yeah,
1: you're right. So I was thinking about it. And I was like, I almost made a joke and then decided it was a dumb joke and not worth making on the podcast. But I was like, it's crazy that this movie takes place in
0: the present day. Yeah. I think you did make that joke. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah. this isn't another seventies, eighties uh moment. That's all right. I don't
1: remember it and nearly as vividly as I as I falsely remembered saying seventies last week. So <laughs> um, yeah, that was like a real Mandela effect moment for me.
0: I was shaken to my core. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh so this movie was the movie that unseated E. T. Yeah. In the box office, this uh, is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think that this
1: is the third highest grossing of the franchise. Okay, um, and and I don't believe those numbers are adjusted for inflation, um, so it could be even higher grossing. Honestly, because this is pretty early in the life of the franchise. Um, but yeah, it, it, this was uh, this was very. Su- I mean, this is very successful. And I think this is the point also behind the scenes when the ball really starts rolling, like picking up speed for the producers to realize that this could just be a cash cow that runs for God knows how long.
0: Right. Uh, But it is, we should point out, the penultimate. Friday the 13th, because the next one is the final chapter. <laughs> so one. we'll be wrapping that this whole series up pretty quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we were so scared to jump into this. It's a shallow Yeah, it's pool. only
0: four episodes. I mean, four, not episodes, yeah, four yeah. Uh, installments.
1: Yeah. Um, now, I know you've been watching Crystal Lake Memories along with me. Uh, some, someone that we didn't bring up last week, but I feel like is worth introducing to the conversation now, is Frank Mancuso Jr., who... Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I just burped. I hope the mic didn't pick that up too strong. Um so I mentioned uh last week, uh or last episode I should say that Frank Mancuso Sr. was one of the head producers of Paramount. Um mm-hmm. and one of the things that happened behind the scenes in part two that we didn't touch on was he essentially sent his son to go be uh an associate producer on part two. And mm-hmm. Uh, He was, by all accounts, very well-liked and, you know, uh, got along great with everybody and really kind of took to the production and the movie, um, even though he's a really young guy. And so he essentially upgraded to producer of this one and uh, will go on to be more or less like the... Uh, driving production force behind the franchise for the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. A crazy uh, career trajectory of going from like associate producer or PA or whatever to like, oh, the franchise is yours, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it helps if your dad
1: is in charge of Paramount.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and uh, we have a returning director too, Steve Miner, who did part two, is back for part three. Mm-hmm. Um and by all accounts, super nice dude. Yeah. Uh, Everybody liked Miner.
1: He was uh easy to get along with. Let me ask you this. Does this feel like it's directed by the same person to you?
0: No. Right. No. Yeah. No, it, it doesn't. Uh and I think a lot of that is because of the uh the the 3D effects. And mm-hmm. it's the first movie uh, I think for budgetary reasons, mm-hmm. it was shot in California. Yeah. And not in um <laughs> New York or wherever and like it's seen it's a silly thing but I could tell
1: oh I mean it drove me nuts and I also spent I spent a lot of the time wondering how someone who hasn't spent much time in California uh would how much they would notice and how much it would affect yeah them. yeah something I'd actually really like to hear people sound off about in the emails um because for me uh, it's not just California, but it's like a very specific part of California, or like I should more say a kind of California landscape that mm-hmm. I I think personally looks pretty shitty on film, but gets used a lot. Yes, yes, you know.
0: yeah. Um, it doesn't have that like lush greenness that the last two movies had. Yeah. Um. It's it's more of like a scrubby mm-hmm. brown sand. And not- yeah. Yeah. So they shot it specifically in Saugus, California,
1: which is I'm not sure where that is. It's it's in the general area north of Los Angeles. Um, so you'll often see, you know, it's it's like a lot of the sort of Spielberg uh, hunting grounds as well. So like Santa Clarita, Valencia. Sure. Um, that area. That area up there. Which, like, not to go too deep into the weeds on this, but like if you wanna shoot. East Coast forest in California. It's not that hard to do. You can can
0: go to like Big Bear.
1: Yeah, you can go to Big Bear, Lake Arrowhead. You can go to Idlewild. These are places that are like within two hours of the city. And there's like pine forests and they look like they look a lot like a stand in for the East Coast. Like honestly, you could even go into Griffith Park and pretty much pull off a forest and that's in the city. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But there are a lot of larger lot, like they're not even lots. They're kind of like these little movie towns, almost like giant sp- open spaces. Uh, up in that area, um, a lot of westerns were shot there over time. Yeah, kind of
0: famously where the um, the ranch that the Manson family lived on, yeah, was up uh, in that area. Yeah, the Spawn Ranch, Spawn
1: Ranch. Yeah. Um. So I, I just think. I can understand, and I think in a second, let's get into what we mean when we say the 3D really affected the production. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, But, I mean, to kind of just close the book on my thoughts on the location stuff, it's just like, I think that this is a misstep no matter what, even if financially it makes a lot more sense for you to shoot in California. It's just, this is not a good location. And, you know, the buildings were built for the movie and to be honest like the barn set i think works pretty well um yeah. the house is fine but the lake just looks like
0: shit oh uh, yeah i was gonna bring that up earlier the lake looks like gar- like it was a man-made lake mm-hmm. that they did for the movie and it just looks like a mud puddle yeah it, it looks real bad yeah and i mean um, and that it's hard know. to keep lakes around in california
1: <laughs> it's a dry it's a dry climate yeah and this part of california they're straight up shooting in a fucking desert. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just like the lake stuff more than anything. Like really it really did take me out of it and maybe I'm being too nitpicky. So I'm curious to hear how other people
0: felt about it. Um so what I mean by the the 3D took away from it, I it, I think it it didn't um it didn't lend itself to the like handheld stocking POV camera mm-hmm. because with 3D all of the shots have to be Perfect for the 3D yeah. effect to work, and overlit because yeah. when it's in 3D, it's going to be darker than normal. Mm-hmm. So everything is very bright. Yeah. um and according to that documentary we've been talking about nonstop, they didn't always choose the right takes or the best takes performance-wise mm-hmm. because the like you know the yo-yo had to go perfectly right. into the camera.
1: Yeah, getting the 3D shots takes priority over everything else. And and not just take to take, but I think also you can just see it in where the crew and the director's attention was for the duration of the shoot. You yes. Know, they're preoccupied with getting this technology to work, and they're kind of ignoring things like, you know, nuanced performances. Um, and I mm. think also this bleeds into how this could be a movie which I believe, and I'm kind of just going off the top of my head right now, but I think this is the biggest budget of the three so far.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Um, But it doesn't look better. I mean, to me, it looks demonstrably worse than the other two. um, Yes. In terms of production quality. And I think a lot of that is because so much of the money and the attention is going into pulling off uh, all these technical things with these 3D cameras.
0: How did you feel about the special effects in this one?
1: I... Th- okay, so for me, like, watching it, not great, but with a with a huge caveat, which is there's so much stuff here that's shot for 3D. And yeah. to watch it strictly 2D, like, that's... I mean, this is, like, it always looks shitty. Um, there's so many shots of just... I mean, we're going to talk about them when we go through, but so many things, just people like pointing things at a fucking camera lens that are just like stupid. Um, Yes. But even, but but it carries over to the gore effects and I think they're done in a different way that I can't say whether or not it would have been effective in the format it's supposed to be shown in. And I'll tell you something that I looked up and was very sort of profoundly saddened by was... One, you you absolutely can still see this in 3D. There are 35 millimeter 3D prints that do the rounds uh, oh, really around the country there's not I don't think there's a ton of them, but so it's kind of like a traveling thing. but this year was one like there had been a lot of interest for whatever reason, and there was some there were a number of theaters that had 3D screenings of this scheduled for Friday the 13th in March. And oh, I think no. and I think the majority of them got canceled because it was literally like the weekend that COVID got very real.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow, holy shit. Yeah, cuz I get Oh, wow. You're right, it was it wasn't Friday the 13th, wasn't it? Mhm. Yeah. Wow. That's a bummer.
1: Yeah, so so with all that said, I kind of came out of this like in in some ways I almost want to give this movie like an incomplete grade. And be like, I'm gonna go see it in a theater in 3D, and then I will report back on how it actually works. You know?
0: Right, right. Yeah, there is just something missing. Um, a lot of fishing wire visible. Oh my I've god! Noticed in the special effects, Didn't, <laughs> that drove me crazy.
1: Yeah, it's like they did zero work to obscure. Uh, it's in. It's in three quarters of the 3D effects. There's like three, yeah. There's like fishing line, and it's just like totally visible.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh and maybe because like I said they had to pump so much light into those shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh but normally like that stuff's not hard to mask. Yeah. Uh I mean obviously it's easier now with digital effects, but even then, mm-hmm. there are ways of getting around that for a budget this size. But also it was released a year after the next the previous one. Yeah. So they're just churning these bad boys out.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um
1: yeah, so I think uh I yeah, there are there are a lot of, I think, negatives overall that come out of the 3D, and maybe it's an easy scapegoat for us, because, uh, you know, obviously I wasn't there on the production, but uh, that's definitely the vibe that I got out of it. Um, yeah. One of the, you know, there's a couple different cast members that sort of commented, not in an accusatory way, just that, like, you know, Steve Miner didn't have, much time or attention to give them yeah. as performers. Yeah. It was just like, I trust you, just do your thing. And these actors are not as skilled as some of the actors we've had in previous films. And maybe part of that is a lack of directorial sort of Yeah,
0: guidance. and they're, prob- they're probably not the theatrical, the theater actors that were from New York in yeah. the previous two movies that were just kind of like workmen- Mm-hmm. These are probably more like LA types. Yeah, these are like um,
1: fucking pretty commercial actors and shit. Who,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a um, that's
1: a great point that I didn't even think about.
0: Uh, I I meant to look up some, where some of these people, if they had done other things, that's always um, something I like to do. But I didn't recognize anybody from the S- movie. Um, yeah, so I want to
1: say that I went through lightly... And there's not much, um, yeah, I think of the entire cast, I don't think there's a single person who you, you would point to and say had like a particularly successful career as an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, the closest is probably, um, the guy, uh, who runs the little market in the beginning.
0: Oh, really? Uh, that guy? Yeah, um, his name's Harold or yeah, something? Yeah, Harold.
1: He's, he's played by um, Steve Susskind, um, mm-hmm. who uh, passed away in 2005, uh, but he, I think, had a pretty prolific career as a voice actor. Um, oh. So he is in uh, Monsters, Inc. He is in Osmosis oh, so no Jones. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he also, like, he seems to have a lot of, like, one-off roles in TV shows. So, I think, based on the name... This is is me strictly extrapolating from the names of a lot of the characters that he played. I think he shows up on a lot of sitcoms and stuff as, like, sort of just, um, you know... Kind of hairy, um, vaguely European guy. Like, <laughs> he's playing like a lot like, of characters with gre- Greek. greasy Italian man, uh, more like Greek guys. Uh, okay. think, you know, um, yeah. What's the uh, what's the adjective that I'm I'm not
0: swarthy? Yes,
1: exactly. Thank you. Yeah, he's got a lot uh, of, a lot of that on his resume.
0: I see that the woman who played T- uh, Vera was played Tina comma Vito's girl in Weekend at Bernie's that's kind of a that's a fun credit
1: that is fun yeah I like that a lot um, yeah but I mean especially when you go to like your leads um, particularly like Dana Kimmel as Chris mm-hmm. who you mentioned our final girl like she works consistently uh, up through the rest of the 80s but um, you know I, I just I'm gonna say right now I don't think she's very good uh, no,
0: you know, a thought that just occurred to me, a problem that I have with the movie I didn't even realize until now, was that the three main women all look the same. Yeah, you're right. They're all just like pretty brunettes. And that's probably why I texted you and said, man, everyone in this cast is insanely hot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? And, and I got that text and I was like, I guess they're all attractive. But I'm, I was just like, yeah, it's uh, none of them really stuck out to me. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think that casting, and I think that the, one of the writers of the script, I think it's the ghost writer who came in and, and did a pretty big rewrite, mm-hmm. um, specifically has commented in multiple interviews about how he was sort of disappointed in the casting and felt like they were just trying to get hot people. And
0: really, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, and so, you know, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. One more thing uh, I wanted to mention just about the pre-production, uh, and I think you you were you would have seen this in the documentary as well. But the original script and the original concept for this was—it's funny they talk about it like it's this really clever idea, um, and it is straight up Halloween 2. It is just uh. it is if the original script would have followed Ginny from. Uh, the end of part two to a mental institution, right? Right, and then Jason would have come to a mental institution and sort of stalked her through there. And you know, the actor who played Ginny is talking in the documentary, She's like, She's it's, it's like such a cool idea. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest meets Friday the 13th, and I'm like, That is Halloween 2. That yeah. is Halloween 2. Yeah. That is what happens in Halloween 2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which would have been fitting for a series that started by ripping off Halloween. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but I'm glad they didn't go that way. Uh, I also, I realized this, the people in this movie aren't camp counselors. Uh, and maybe that's something that just disappears in the series. I don't remember, I th- but they're not counselors. They're just like people on, on vacation.
1: Yeah, I think that that is more and more going to be the case, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But there, yeah, there's no camp at all. And I, I am going to go ahead and say, I think part of that, it, you know, there's a structurelessness to it all, um, Mm -hmm. that I think maybe that's a part of what's missing is it's just like, I guess they're going on a vacation. Um, but they're very not like, I mean, obviously they are going on some sort of little vacation, but it's like, they have no plans. They have no group, group cohesion. Yes. Um, it's just like, it's just fucking six or however many people in a van just going to yes. a house, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, all this being said, like, I didn't hate this movie. Um, no. and so I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk
0: about it. Uh, is there anything else you want to cover before we get into it? No, let's, uh, let's get a word from our sponsors and then we'll start, uh, recapping this movie. Hey guys, Eric here. There's a new Vampire Diaries podcast in Mystic Falls. That's right the Vampiti Diaries What is the Vampede Diaries? It's a hilarious after show podcast where a fella named Pete who has never seen the hit CW show, The Vampire Diaries discusses each episode with a super fan. New episodes of the pod come out every bloodthirsty Thursday on Apple Podcasts and uh, yeah, the hosts Peter Harmon and Ashley they're great people he's a very funny author he's written some great books uh and he's been a guest on some of my podcasts and his wife is an absolute delight and check them out guys it's gonna be fun if you like the uh vampire diaries if you want to get into the vampire diaries or if you just want to hear two people talk about the vampire diaries and don't want to watch the show which would be weird all right guys back to our podcast Okay, like the the previous movie, we once again start with an incredibly long <laughs> recap of part two, and I guess the, I mean I don't know were VCRs a, a thing at that time in 1982? Like they spend literally five and a half minutes. Yeah, not even framing it like a dream sequence, like the second movie. They just replay the end of the of the second movie.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, and I, once again I know I'm sorry I, this is something that we should skip over in 30 minute, 30 seconds <laughs> but I keep fucking harping on it
1: <laughs> I mean it is it is egregious I really it is egregious yeah. and it's like again these are movies that come out one year after the next so it's like if it had been five years since the last one was released, okay, jog the audience's memory. But it's like they were all in the theater last summer watching part two. You
0: know? Yeah. And if you didn't see part two, the end, seeing the ending of it will still confuse you. <laughs> I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh,
0: anyway, so it's five and a half minutes before we get to a, a new shot, which is Jason laying on the ground. It's that confrontation in the, in the shack yeah. uh, where she chops him in the shoulder with his machete. Uh, and then we see him regain consciousness and then put his bag back on and uh, and then a long shot on the severed head that we ended the second movie with. Now, I want to pose it to you because mm-hmm. it's something that came up in that Gorley and Russ podcast. And I'm sorry I keep referring back to it, but they, you know, uh, they made me think. Um, do you think this means that the ending of two was a dream or this is just. Checking back in, and then we assume whatever happens in the end of part two happens after this shot.
1: So, I believe that what we are seeing is essentially the filmmakers making part three deciding to more or less retcon the end of part two. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Which I think is basically also what happened from one to two. Um, Yes. And you know, big spoiler. We'll we'll have also a confusing ending to this one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, they never
0: really land the endings.
1: No. Um. And so, yeah, I think that I certainly, uh, watching part two, didn't. It didn't seem nearly as clear that it was a dream sequence when Jason bursts through the window and grabs Ginny. Yeah. And, Same. and it's also it's a good moment and I want it to be part of the movie, you know. Yes. Yes. Um, so this is kind of annoying. I think it's like a, it's like sort of it, it starts off
0: on not the best foot. Um so he gets up. Uh 3D titles come out of the severed head. Yeah. This fun disco version yes. of the theme song. Uh yeah. Like hot, oh, so Hot Ice. <laughs> hot Ice. It's so good. So um my son listens to a pod, like mm-hmm. a kids' podcast, at night when he's yeah. falling asleep, Uh, and it, it's all on our Spotify account. Uh-huh. And I and I listened to this song, so he woke up at f- at five in the morning, and <laughs> like his podcast was off, uh-huh. and he put it back on, and then this song started playing, <laughs> oh, God. and then he ran into our room. He's like, "Mom, Dad, Friday the Thirteenth is playing on my." <laughs> On my phone. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And my wife was very confused because she didn't know what was going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, like,
1: I know this is this is not your favorite thing to do, So, and I don't ask for it very much, but I would love to give the people at home who did not watch this movie just a little taste of the hot ice Friday the 13th theme. Do you think you could do that for them?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's hear it. shit slaps oh yeah absolutely A little disco um god yeah that i mean i hate to say it because this sounds really bad that might be my favorite thing about this movie
0: yeah it it's really kind of one of the it's we sound too hard in this movie i don't dislike this movie uh, but it is the best part of this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um okay and then so that that brief high is over and now we commence with uh, yeah, the Yeah. We open
0: on a general a general store. Uh we pan over some sheets flapping in the breeze hanging on a line and uh we meet Harold and his wife. I didn't catch his wife's name. She's in curlers.
1: Yeah, she is just a classic kind of a uh, hateable harpy wife. if it's yes really over like, the top
0: <laughs> really just choose him out for being sloppy calls him a jerk uh she sticks her head back into the they like rundown shack mm-hmm. of a house and there's a news report about the tv about the massacre yeah. from the previous movie on tv yeah. director uh, cameo seen... oh yes playing the newscaster yeah, yeah.
1: steve minor is the newscaster
0: um, and she, she hears a noise. and we get the... Uh, oh, she had gone outside to get the, the sheets. She sees Jason walking around the sheets. And uh, she thinks it's Harold. And she's really just giving it to Harold the whole time. Yeah. Like n- a non-stop tirade against she... her poor husband, Harold. She hates him for being alive. <laughs> like... Yeah, it really feels that way. She just fucking hates him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> We we see Harold feeding his fish. He's like, "Okay, boy, soup's on," <laughs> and he even tries some of the fish food himself. Very relatable, honestly. Uh, <laughs> have you ever had fish? Food? I've never
1: had it, but I've always wondered what it tastes like. And I think it
0: I, smells awful. It
1: does. I think I've gone on the same journey as Harold and like looked at the ingredients and been like, "Oh, there's like a bunch of bug shit in here. I'm not going
0: to eat." Yeah.
2: This.
0: <laughs> Uh, there's a rabbit in the vegetable stand. Like, don't get produce from this place. It's, <laughs> it's filthy. Nothing's wrapped up. Yeah. Nothing's refrigerated. Yeah. He's Drinking sunny d. Unrefrigerated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is this is a rough. Uh, this is a rough grocery store for sure.
0: Uh, his wife catches him eating a donut. She's like, "The doctor says you need to lose weight," but he's not really fat. No. Although you know. He
1: is he is like 80s fat.
0: Yeah, he is 80. I was going to say he's 80s fat. Yeah, yeah,
1: which was really rough as an 80s fat child. To yeah. <laughs> just like you'd I'd watch these movies and it's just like, you know, I mean, a great example would be uh fucking uh Jerry O'Connell from Stand by Me. <laughs> he was a chubby kid, but like Shelley in this movie is like uh-huh. is like you know, they talk about him like he's like he's a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, like he needs a rascal to get around a grocery store.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the guy's just like average sized.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he look, looks like anybody who does improv currently. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um so uh, yeah, he needs to lose weight. He puts a rabbit back in its cage, and someone has killed one of the poor bunnies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he goes in for a closer look. Lurk, goes lurk, in for a closer look, <laughs> and a snake on fishing line pops out at him, <laughs> him right at the screen. Yeah, uh, my note says,
1: "Wow, nobody even remotely tried to hide the wire attached to that snake." <laughs>
0: Like sorry, we're it's three d baby we're doing this, right, but the hilarious uh, thing is that the uh the worst shot
1: for the the fishing wire isn't even it doesn't ostensibly seem to be a three d shot, it's like a profile shot of the snake, um uh-huh, like it's just like oh no, they were just lazy,
0: um okay, so we. This is probably the lowest part of the movie now, and it's something that comes up a couple times. We cut to Harold dropping a very unruly shit. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, it's it
0: really, really horrible. Needs more fiber. It's 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 loose. It's, like, <laughs> it's loose. <laughs> he sneaks a sip of hooch from his shitter stash. Yeah. I wrote.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's also there's zero transition. Like he, there is a fucking rattlesnake. Uh, yeah. lunging at him from a cage of his dead rabbits and then yeah. literally cut and he's just shitting his brains out
0: and that, that bathroom for a store in a place where people live looked pretty much like Jason's bathroom yeah. from the, the last movie very it, comparable really gross uh-huh. um, so he hears a noise and he investigates and finally Jason plunges a meat cleaver into his chest uh, his wife checks up on him because she knows something's wrong. A rat pops out and walks towards the screen. <laughs> um, and then Jason grabs her from behind and jams a knitting needle through her mouth. So we've got a body count now of two. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Andy, Debbie, and Chris in a van. Smoke shows all. Debbie and Andy uh, are a couple and uh chris quickly establishes herself as sort of being a prude cuz she's like sex 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 all you think about is sex
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, when they they stop to pick up their friend vera and we meet shelly who sneaks up behind chris and pretends to stab him yeah and uh, uh, he so he
1: comes up behind them in a mask and mm-hmm. and he's got you know the classic prop knife that where the blade recedes into the hilt you know when yeah. you stab somebody with it but this, this gag, he's sneaking up on them from behind and then he stabs him in the back before <laughs> anybody sees the knife, which yeah.
0: completely defeats the purpose of having a prop knife. Also, it would have been funny, a funny moment if like that prop knife comes back at some point. Like sure. Jason grabs it and tries to stab somebody. Like that would actually kind of been a funny moment. That would be. I, that, uh,
1: that must happen. In a movie, if not one of these movies.
0: I mean, I can spoil the ending of a recent movie. Yeah, well, let's not talk about that no. one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, I just remembered have you ever seen. I, I've been. The DVD is really expensive, mm. but um, Unmasked Part 25? No, I I've, it's I've never heard of it. So, uh, it's a British com- horror comedy mm-hmm. about a like Friday the thirteenth movie series and they're on part twenty five. Okay. But the the killer, the Jason equivalent, is basically stuck in Groundhog's Day. Huh. Where he just keeps getting killed over and over and keeps like having to like live out his life in these movies. Okay. It sounds really cool. I've been trying to track it down. It's not streaming anywhere. In the in the Blu rays like thirty dollars, which is like, you know, a little steep for a movie I've never seen before. Sure. But anyway, I, I just thought of it now. Well, if you want to uh, split
1: the cost of a copy, you can buy it and then mail it to me after you watch it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I'd do 15. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We've got a deal, uh, folks. <laughs> we got a deal. <laughs> anyway, we cut to... Uh, oh, yeah. No, we already did that. Um, oh, so... Yeah, could these sp- Pretends to stab him. Mm-hmm. They're picking up Vera, yeah, who is the first person of color that I can tell. There's in any of these movies. There's a
1: there's a black camp counselor who I don't think has any lines in part two, but he appears really? he appears on camera in like two group scenes. Oh, Okay, I guess I yeah. This is certainly the first notes. person of color with with uh, lines in one lines. of these movies. Yeah.
0: Uh, So they're going away for the weekend, and they're setting Vera up with Shelly, and he apologizes to her, which is pretty heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think this is the first of a number of somewhat um, emotional notes from Shelly's character.
0: Uh. Okay, so yeah, I asked before, Mm -hmm. uh, where do you think Shelly ranks in terms of the the love-lorn dorks we've had so we have Ted and Ned basically I mean and is Shelley. is Ted a love-lorn dork though? I guess not, but they kind of po- pose him to be right. like this jokester. They set him up. I mean, I yeah. guess I, I guess I just call him a dork because he looks nerdy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know he's I mean?
1: definitely the jokester of the group. Uh Yeah. I will say that I like Ted um I I mean, I'm just going to come out with my with my spicy take here. I like Shelly. Okay. Um, you do like Shelly. I like Shelly. I like that he has, for a movie like this, uh,
0: like a lot of character depth. <laughs> um, yeah, he does. Probably more than anybody else. Certainly in, movie. in this movie. Maybe yeah. Chris.
1: I mean, but Chris's yeah. doesn't work. You know It doesn't work. They try to get to
0: that because there's a there's a real big thing they cut from and I'm mm -hmm. so thankful they cut from the movie. Um
1: yeah, they try to give Chris a bunch of sort of gravitas, but um Shelly like has character notes that kind of make sense, and I think that the guy playing him uh, Larry yeah. Zerner also handles them pretty well so I would I would classify Shelley as a character who like is annoying but his character is also supposed to be annoying um, mm-hmm. and then when he has his moments and there are a few of like vulnerability and that sort of stuff I think that they read f- again for a movie like this very authentically
0: I guess my oh, my thing is always, Shelley would be much more believable if he was thirteen. You know what I mean? That's fair. Um, uh, yeah, because especially because his gimmick is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up a bag of tricks, a right. literal bag of tricks, uh-huh. and put on some costumes and scare people. Like that would ring more true if mm-hmm. he wasn't like a twenty <laughs> six year old six year old man. Or sure, something, but you know? I, I
1: mean. To be to do some work for the movie, I think they'd like us to believe he's probably eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, okay, um, that's true. And I will say, <laughs> yeah, and I'll say this: that like as as a man who is closer to forty than thirty, uh, you know, eighteen is those are children, like eighteen year olds Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You're right. I can totally buy an eighteen year old who is this insecure and is uh, attention seeking in this particular way, and also has a really terrible body image that is reinforced by other people making fun of his appearance, making fun of him, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I honestly, this is going to sound cheesy, but like I, at at least one point in this movie, straight up, totally related to sort of Shelly's body image issues, you know?
0: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, well, Mike is firmly in team Shelly and I, you know, I think I'm a Ted boy myself, but... Oh, no, I like Ted. I like Ted more. (laughs) Oh, you like Ted more? Okay. (laughs) Poor shit. I'm just not a Shelly hater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, Ned can fucking Um,
1: eat shit and die.
0: Oh, shit. The van's on fire. (laughs) Nope. It's our two stoners, Chuck and Chili, smoking huge bongs. Chuck just straight up doing Tommy Chong cosplay. Yeah, exactly. I thought I had to, like look it up or like i quickly realized it wasn't tommy chong well like they should have just got fucking tommy chong to be in this movie yeah um yeah and these two
1: uh this is as much characterization as you're ever going to get for chuck and chili they are stoners why
0: are they on the trip yeah why does anybody like them i have that, that that's they drove me nuts also is chuck 40 seems it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Why is he just hanging out with them? (laughs) And none of them smoke appear to smoke weed. Right. Why do they just have these two fucking stoners? Why don't they share a bong? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) Why do they have their own bong? (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, and then like, so immediately following our introduction, they're all driving to steal your job for two seconds. And they're continuing to smoke now joints in the van.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: it's like the most this is just it is the classic movie like they smoke joints like they go bad like in like 10 seconds, you know. So it's just like <laughs> it's just like a constant like puff. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's fucking
1: no no one involved in this scene had any experience with marijuana or was not allowed to demonstrate that they did, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it, while they're driving, uh, Vera notices Shelly's weird case and she asks what he has in there. And he says, my whole world, um, then, oh shit, it's the cops. They're, they're pulling them over. Uh, Chuck doesn't want to ditch his dope. So they all just start eating all the weed. It's actually pretty funny. They pull over and the cops weren't even going after them. They just drive yeah. by. <laughs> yeah. I thought was, that was, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, it's, so, where they're going, and they're rushing to the general store where Harold and his wife have been found. Um. Oh, I wrote Debbie is pregnant? Question mark. Yeah, question it's mark? like a I really weird
1: this. throwaway fact. Um, yeah, that I also missed upon first viewing and only found out later by uh, being told by the behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: Like, okay, um, I guess she's pregnant. Guess so. Uh, so our heroes drive past the uh, general store as they're putting the bodies in the ambulance and they almost run over a homeless man. Yeah. Uh, do you know, a real Ralph type. Yeah. Do you know this guy's the name of this character? No. No, I didn't look it Cause up.
1: I couldn't track it down and he looked very familiar to me um, and I I was looking even on the IMDB and I really couldn't find much of anything. Uh, I was hoping you maybe you'd be be able to bail me out, but... No, uh, His name
0: is Abel. Abel. Okay. Abel. Uh, in the in the movie, uh, don't know what his, okay. his real name is. Here we go. Real time IMDb. This is what the people subscribe for. Um, so you look him up, and I'll say like this should have been Ralph. Ralph shouldn't have died, and this should have been him. I I mean we
1: may have stumbled onto our most successful actor in the film here. Um, really? Yeah. So Abel is is portrayed by an actor named David Wiley. Um, mm-hmm. who uh is in society, and I think that's why I recognized him. He plays the judge in oh, society, yeah. which I watched not that long ago. um, yeah, so he is uh he's sort of like the the head villain towards the end of mm-hmm. that
0: movie. Um, is he the one whose head comes out of uh no, that's the dad, he's the one that's dad he's that's the one with
1: the cigar um if uh-huh. that if that rings any bells yeah, yeah yeah uh he gets real sweaty um
0: anyways <laughs> everybody
1: should eat a very heavy dinner and then go watch
0: society go watch society yeah <laughs> um so they get out of the car to check on him and he's doing the doom saying stuff uh he warns them off he p- pulls an eyeball out and pokes it at the screen yeah i guess is the eyeball from the roadkill, or did he find it on the scene of the crime, or something? It's unclear where he got. the I eyeball think he from. just has an eyeball on him. Gross. Yeah, uh, and he points it at the camera for
1: like 10, 10 seconds unbroken, where it's just yeah. it's just a shitty three D effect. Also, something I wanted to point out in these daytime scenes, starting with when we first get introduced to all of our cast members in the van. There's just straight-up, like, shit on the lens of the camera. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, I noticed that, too. There's a hair in the gate. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's, like... (laughs) I mean... So, so, uh, that's a very film school thing to notice, Mm -hmm. because... All right, so, people who don't know, when you're shooting on film, there's... um, Uh, an area of the lens called the gate that kind of like goes between the lens and the camera where the film runs and little hairs not literally I don't they're not literally human hairs but they're like pieces of film that look like hair get caught in the gate and they can appear as like little puby kind of looking things in the corner of the screen and if you don't check the gate between every shot they can end up in your shot like this so that's like now nobody fucking shoots on film but it used to be on, on our film sets be like checking the gate Mm -hmm. you know um and that's just like they just missed a hair in the gate yeah so just Uh, wanted yeah i noticed that too wanted
1: to call out the uh assistant cameraman whoever it was
0: (laughs) you fucked up bro (laughs) Uh, fucked up man they arrive at uh the cabin i guess a camp it's not really a camp um it's chris's father's uh she wants to take uh she brings her bags inside and We meet Rick, who kind of grabs her as she's walking through the door and kisses her. You know, it's a little tense moment. Rick, I intensely disliked Rick. Interesting. Tell me why. Uh, He's very... gaslighty and like hey you're not even paying attention to me like, he's he's pouty uh-huh. god he just kind of drove me nuts he's a shitty boyfriend he's i don't even think he's a boyfriend. a boyfriend he's not uh, a boyfriend no but he has he thinks like oh i'm going to this cabin and i'm going to fuck
1: yeah he has a lot of expectation uh yeah. and i feel like they maybe hooked up the summer prior
0: and, yeah, and he's yeah. just
1: like, well, we're gonna pick up right where we left off, and yeah. Chris is like, I'm a trauma survivor, and I, yes. <laughs> you can't just make out you with me. You can't just do this to me. Yeah,
0: uh, he kisses her, and he's like, is it my imagination, or did it get cold in here? Uh, so we get some exposition. She hasn't been here in two years. Something traumatic that she has she hasn't revealed yet happened to her. She's been laying low. She's from this town. Uh, Rick's coming on real strong. She tells him to slow down and he says, there's only so many cold showers I can take. (laughs) It's like fucking dude. Yeah. You know, blue balls can kill you. You know that, right? (laughs) It's just like really uncomfortable for me. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Uh, she goes back to the van. It's, Oh, the door's open. She swore she closed it. Uh, and she goes to grab Shelly's case and he grabs her hand. He's like, um, she asks, what are you doing here? Because everybody else kind of fucked off. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, they're going skinny dipping and I'm not skinny enough. <laughs> it's sad. I wrote, come on, that's sad. Come on, King. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> the kind of guy, he's interesting enough. He could be like a Harmar superstar kind of guy yeah. and just own his body and people would fucking love it. Oh, yeah. This guy, I mean, with the right headspace
1: and i think you know a good support system in in 2020 yeah. shelly could absolutely be uh you know sexually active uh,
0: i think so <laughs> yeah i think that's what that's what our goal here in 2020 <laughs> is to get shelly laid yeah <laughs> um so rick and chris are loading hay into the yeah. barn shirtless rick shirtless rick she asks, he asks, like, why do why do we have hay when there's no horse? And she explains that her dad always wanted to buy a horse, wanted, always wanted to buy a horse, but never did. But they just still kept buying the hay. <laughs> um, And he's he's uh, being a dick, man. I don't like Rick. He's like, well, you know, I turned down a chance to be with Mary Jo Conrad to yeah. be here this weekend. Yeah. How like, who the. Go ahead. You know,
1: I agree with you. Like, he definitely is... uh, I don't like his motivations. Uh, I don't like the sort of gender stereotypes that he upholds. However, in this scene, he delivers what must be my favorite line in this entire movie. What is it? Where in the middle of, like, trying to guilt trip Chris into having sex with him, he says, This is the sweat of a worker on my forehead, not a lover. (laughs)
0: I didn't catch that.
1: It sounds like something from like fucking Marx. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a crazy, crazy line. And I had to rewind to make sure that I heard it correctly. And I did. So, so yeah, um, uh, for all of his faults, I think Rick is, uh, you know, he's a communist at least. So, Yeah.
0: Comrade. Um, there's a scream. They run upstairs and open a closet and Shelley falls out with a hatchet in his head. But of course, he's just joking. It's a prosthetic. Chris kind of rightfully gets mad at him. Yeah. Um <laughs> I was I'm just going to say that Shelley's fake
1: head injury would rank in the middle of the believability <laughs> of the gore effects in this movie.
0: Yeah. It's kind of yeah, Shelley's fake gore effects are kind of the be- some of the best in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they're not uh, all rigged up for a fucking fishing line. Uh, so he's all dejected. Um, Vera leaves to go to the store, and Shelly decides he's gonna go with her. Um, Chris is pissed and storms outside, and Deb follows her to like talk her down. Uh, she say, explains that that creeps. Oh, Chris says that creeps Shelly. What a sick sense of humor. Um so again some more Shelly hate. Yeah. Uh at the store the clerk is also a smoke show. Um <laughs> sorry I I promised I wouldn't bring it up but I you know why? Got to call sp- because it's wrong. <laughs> is it wrong? I don't know. No, I guess not. No, she's she's a smoke show.
1: Uh um, yeah, she was in Weekend at Bernie's, right? Or no. Oh, no, the store clerk. The store clerk. Oh, she was in some shit. I think she's in a bachelor party. Really? Yeah, uh, Yeah. if you're interested in seeing more of that actor, uh, she might get
0: naked. I don't know. There's only one way for you to find out. So this is crazy. Shelly and Vera are accosted by a biker gang, a three-person biker gang. Yeah, I had flashbacks mean- to uh, Richard of the Living Dead 3 here. Yeah, it felt very Return of the Living Dead 3, but of course I mean that course that came later, mm-hmm. but yeah, same sort of thing. We meet Fox uh Ali Ali, Ali yeah, Ali and um Loco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so Shelly's like tossing her, uh uh Vera his wallet and Fox like catches it and won't give it back. Um do you think the food stamps comment was racist? Uh, because cause the clerk is like, you don't take food stamps, you know. But is it because she doesn't have the money? I I was a little taken aback by that comment. Sure. Not to be like, I'm not like trying to be outraged by everything, but like, I don't know. It
1: could be. Uh, I guess I feel like I don't have enough information because,
0: okay. you know. I'll, I'll drop it i promise i'm not trying to be outraged by shit oh, it just, it's just okay. so, sometimes things hit your ear wrong um so they're getting out of there and shelly's like next time i'll know how to handle a situation like that let's hope next time isn't that soon and he backs up the like vw bug or whatever into the gang's motorcycle um ali uh breaks the windshield it's Shelly straight up runs over one of the motorcycles. So now they got a biker gang after them.
1: Yeah. I felt like this, I could have done without this entire interaction. And to be honest, the addition of these characters.
0: Oh, it's, it seems totally just to get a higher body. Yeah, count. More, I mean, more grist really for the more, mill. Yeah. More people to kill. Um, so then we cut to Andy, Andy dangling a yo-yo in Debbie's face slash the audience's face. Um, Vera and Shelly come back, and uh, they drive by Jason, who who just kind of steps into the barn. Yeah. Um, I just want to stop for a second.
1: The, the, the yo-yo thing, just to belabor this point a little bit more, in case you've never seen this movie, like I can't overstate the percentage of this film that's devoted to pointless exercises where a thing is just being flung or pointed at the camera for the purposes of 3D. Uh, yeah. This is like a 30 second scene of a guy just doing a yo-yo up and down, up and down, up and down. But it's like, yeah, it's directed at the camera and maybe it looks cool in 3D, but it is completely fucking pointless here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it feels like very uh, rubish. It's like, oh, yeah. hey here's this technology. Things are flying at you. Yeah. Nobody put um, any
1: thought into like finding creative ways to like, there's a couple things in the movie that are like creative ways to use the 3d, but mostly mm-hmm. now, nah, no.
0: Um, Andy and Deb decide to go for a swim. Uh, and then we see the biker gang has followed them back to the farmhouse and they're kind of stalking around. Yeah. Um, they siphon some gas from the van There's another, there's another
1: funny line in this going for a swim scene. There's one other line I like that. And like, (laughs) I, she, she's, she proposes them going for a swim. Right. And he's like, uh, sort of asks like what that might entail. And she kind of does some very uh, vanilla euphemisms about them, like getting naked and hooking up. And his response Uh is that sounds disgusting. But but like not in a way that he's disgusted in a way like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm into it. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got a
0: <laughs> chuckle out of that. That's good. Um, Fox investigates the barn and we hear Jason's theme and, uh Jason, who's wearing like gray slacks and a hunter green shirt steps out from behind her. Uh, and fought. She doesn't see him, but she falls over and almost impales herself on a pitchfork. And then um, she goes up the barn ladder. And so basically, the biker biker gang's plan is they're just gonna fucking burn down the barn. Yeah. They're gonna take the gas from the van and just like spread it around and fucking torch the place. Really escalating things. Yeah. Um. Fox is like swinging from the rope like that they're hauling the hay in from and Loco is looking down and he looks he looks away, looks back and she's not there anymore. Uh the gang is so goofy. Like it's like it's total 80s punk. Yeah. Like he I think Loco has like a he might even have a mohawk. I don't remember it clearly. He's definitely got like, or, like some gelled
1: up hair. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh he climbs up the ladder and oh shit. Vox is pinned uh, to the rafter with a pitchfork. Uh, Jason pops out and drives another pitchfork through his stomach and out his back. Uh, Ali goes into the barn. Uh, to he looks up and Loco falls on him, and uh, he's smiling when he's screaming. Like they should have used a different take because he's like <laughs> he's like ah, but he's like clearly like kind uh-uh. of laughing. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Jason jumps down. Ali grabs a machete, but Jason overpowers him and, like, beats him to death with a hammer. Uh, So the body count goes up to five. Um, Jason sees Debbie and Andy through the barn window. um, And Chris and Rick are somewhere. I'm not really sure, like, where they are. They're just all of a sudden, like, camp, sort of, like, camping together.
1: Yeah, with his, like, they're sitting in front of his car, right? on a stump? Yeah. Yeah using the headlights. It's, it's yeah. I mean, the movie has like no plot or like connective no. tissue. It's just like, yeah, there's just people just in
0: different scenes. <laughs> it's weird. And so they're just like talking. He like, he doesn't want to move away from here, but she can't imagine coming back uh, to live. And, she, but she did come back here to prove something to herself. Yeah, prove that she's stronger than she thinks she is. Uh, and, and, Rick's kind of like, oh, well, so what's up with us? How do I break through your barrier? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's so, even though she's clearly, like, suffering somehow, he's just like, okay, well, yeah, but, like, you know, Mary Joe Conrad right. could have done that. Which I will
1: say he is incredibly shitty, but also rings pretty true. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely something yeah. that, like, especially a you know, 18 to 22 year old. Like if you imagine that Rick is college age,
0: it's, he looks 45. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But it's very on brand, like the kind of performative listening to uh, someone's Uh real world problems in order to try to have sex with them.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I've never done that, but yeah. 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 Me neither. (laughs) Uh, Andy and Shelly, we cut to them. They're competing by juggling apples and oranges into the cameras uh sh- so debbie very similar to how sandra approaches jeff when he's she's he's arm wrestling mark mm-hmm. she uh tells andy that she can think of much better ways of much better things to do with his hands and he immediately leaves mm-hmm. um which leaves shelly with vera and he says i guess that leaves you and me uh, he starts to come on to her, but she literally shushes him. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, she's going outside. Then they'll talk. Yeah, uh, and I think he actually calls her a bitch when she leaves. <laughs> does he? Oh man, yeah, he does. <laughs> Under his breath, he's kind of like bitch. Oh shit. Okay, I don't like Shelly anymore. I'm sorry. I missed that.
1: <laughs> that sucks.
0: Yeah. I rewound it to because I I also like almost missed it. Um. So he starts like looking longingly through the window at her, and then. Jason, uh, he turns around, he's facing away from the window. Then Jason walks up to the window and looks at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Andy and Debbie trying to figure out how to fuck on a hammock. <laughs> that <was pretty> funny. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's amusing. Uh, this is a fun exchange.
1: I think these two, what's funny. These two have a lot of my like favorite little exchanges and they're also the only like sexually active, uh, characters in the movie yeah so maybe that's what i'm missing so much from part two is i really do just want people to start trying to hook up more
0: um yeah that was something i was thinking about because so far in these three movies it's been pretty nudity light Mm -hmm. um is that something that increases as the series goes on i don't remember exactly
1: i don't either i mean maybe it's i you know i think part of it might be my imagination of what I was missing as I watched uh, TV cuts of these movies uh, when yeah. I was younger. Because there's a lot of suggested sexual situations. Yeah. And I think probably I just always assume, oh, this they're going to cut away early, and we would have seen... Like, a perfect example here um, is the ending of this hammock scene has... Uh, What's the character's name? She's uh, sorry, Debbie. Debbie. Yeah, Debbie takes her top off, and it like stays above breast level. Um, yes, but she goes on to have a nude scene soon. Um, yeah, and I, I literally wrote down. I was like, I don't want to. I, you know, I don't. I, I don't want to sound like a total creep, but it's like you spend half of the first forty five minutes of this movie like pointing things at a three D camera and then she, like, takes her top off. Yeah, point some titties at her. And it's like, that seems like a real missed opportunity. Like, there should have been at least one pair of boobs pointed at the camera. Like, get a stand-in, whatever, you know, but... Yeah,
0: no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, They dropped the ball on that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, yeah, we cut to Chris telling Rick about what happened to her that was so traumatic. Uh... Previously, when he had dropped her off late one night, her parents started yelling at her uh, because they came, she came home too late. Uh-huh. Her mom slapped her. So she ran out of the door and into the woods because she wanted to worry them and just basically stay in the woods all night. So they got nervous. She fell asleep under an oak tree and was awoken by footsteps. And then Jason, without his mask, attacked her. And he dragged her away into the woods and she blacked out. She doesn't know what happened after that. And when she woke up, she was in her own bed and she'll never forget that horrible face. Mm-hmm. So it's. I have a l- couple problems with this scene. A, it's completely unearned. Yeah. Like it's told with her, like superimposed over, like we mm-hmm. see what happened to her. Yeah. If this were somebody from the previous, if this were Ginny, right? Like if they just were to like inject Ginny into the into the uh, Chris role, it would make so much more sense Mm -hmm. because she did. We did just see her go through a traumatic thing. Wouldn't make sense because it's the next day, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Also, even Alice. Yeah. If they hadn't killed off Alice from part one, totally in two, it could have been her. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And um, before you move on to your other
1: more valid objections, I also just want to note that I wrote down. It, it looks like shit too. The, sh- it does, the shot yeah. of them uh, of this struggle is just like it's. Yeah. It looks terrible. It's shot really poorly. It's super like you mentioned, very overlit. It just like yeah. It it doesn't it doesn't communicate any of the sort of seriousness that they want us to think that it has. Yeah.
0: yeah. And thankfully it's not as serious as they initially intended it because the in real, the initial idea was that Jason sexually assaults her.
1: Yeah. Um, just an insanely then, bad idea for a movie.
0: Insanely bad idea. Yeah. For a movie and, that has to take things this lightly. It's like, just don't do it. Exactly. B- because a, I, you know, never l- enjoy that on screen in any movie. But if this okay, so Jason then becomes the focus of all of these movies, mm-hmm. and then so now, um, thank God they cut this because then we'd be like r- kind of rooting for not just a murderer but like a fucking r- rapist yeah. the whole time. Like it would have taken, it, it would just been such a gross misstep. And to her credit, the actress who plays Chris talked them out of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, thank God, and uh, uh, it's unfortunate that she had to do that, but thank God that she yeah. prevailed. Let me pose this question to you, though. Um, do, do you, to switch over for a, co- a comparison to another big movie franchise, do you feel like they imply in the F- Nightmare on Elm Street films that Freddy Krueger is a pedophile? Yes.
0: So I feel that's like, true. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you, you uh, kind of have is, the same is a issue. Pedophile. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I just never <laughs> his Freddy Krueger's pedophilia never comes up again. Like he's never like, oh yeah, look at these fucking kids. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, again, even smart though he does <laughs> like smart move. Smart um, move. But that was like kind of the inciting incident of the whole thing is that he's a pedophile. So like the. the the f- parents all burn him alive, mm-hmm. uh, and a murderer too—not just a pedophile, right? Uh, right, because he was killing them. Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because then, it, it didn- Freddie f- essentially goes into like a comedic role after this, mm-hmm. this first movie. Yeah. Maybe the second movie. Uh, yeah. So then the whole time we're like, "Yeah, fuck him up, Freddie. Right. So <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, and the thing is, I'm not—I'm not trying to be devil's advocate so much it's just like i think you know when you as soon as you mentioned that i'm like they kind of have that issue with freddy krueger but it doesn't uh it doesn't stop him from becoming a very popular villain
0: yeah yeah no you're right you're right And jason just seems so sexless you know what i mean yeah his primary like even michael myers seems to have uh a more like his killing does seem to be tied more to sex than Jason does. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like he murders his sister, you know, right. after she has sex. Um, but Jason is just, he just seems like very unsexual. Yeah. In, anyway. And that's the way we like it. That's the way we like it. Keep our Jason's virginal. <laughs> Uh, oh, so just then the car. Sorry, one more thing Just start. This is also the first
1: time we see a lot of Jason in this dumb flashback. And uh-huh. this was the moment where I was like, we, and we, we talked about this a little bit in the last installment. But like, we have the same director. And I'm so confused as to why he looks completely different than he does in the yeah, previous Yeah, he doesn't movie. have
0: his beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have hair. Like, doesn't have hair. <laughs> It's totally different looking. He's a foot taller. Um, Yeah. And bigger. Yeah. Like, he's just larger. Right.
1: And it's just one of those things where it's like, I won't really think about it much after this, because I do think this sort of establishes a new body type and sort of appearance for him that then remains more consistent. Um, But it's like, yeah, I don't know. If you want him to be hairless, we could have had him lit on fire or
0: something, you know, because now he looks Mm -hmm. like a
1: burn victim.
0: He does. Yeah, he does. Uh, all right, let's get through this beast. Cool. Um, we only got a little bit left. So just then the car battery dies. They have to walk back. Uh, Chuck and Chili are stoned on the couch. Uh, he goes outside to use the outhouse. And about then my wife noted, like, there's so much men shitting in this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, Chuck sees Jason go to the barn and he thinks it's Shelley. Um, and then Chili pops out and scares them, and they both go to investigate the barn. Uh, their plan is that they're going to give Shelly a taste of his own medicine and scare him. Uh, meanwhile, Vera is at the dock, and we get this like Jaws theme music as somebody grabs her foot from underwater. We think it's Jason, and Shelly pops out wearing the hockey mask. Mm-hmm. And we finally, after. Two and a half movies now. Yeah, got the iconic hockey mask.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for anybody who's wondering at home, the origins of the hockey mask were some, I think, three D camera techs, who were working on, a lot on the film and were just hockey fans, and had uh, suggested the use of a, uh, I think it's a Detroit Red Wings goalie, that that oh, really? that mask was. Uh, well, it came, yeah, was inspired by, but yeah, there's not a lot of forethought to it. It's, uh, I think the, the story is that, uh, some of the producers didn't really like the, uh, makeup effects on Jason's face and decided that a mask was a better call. And they just said, Hey, why, why don't we give him this hockey mask? So
0: they were correct. Yeah. Um, and also, he has a harpoon gun. He <laughs> get a fucking harpoon gun. has like little case. Uh, and she says to him, "Damn it, Shelley, why do you do these stupid things?" And he says a really heartbreaking line. He's like, "I have to. I just want you to like me." Um, so really getting to the heart of his character. And I wrote, he's written like he's twelve years old, uh, and he goes to, he goes away to like mope in peace, but then he's attracted to the barn for some reason. Everybody in this movie is really drawn to this barn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's the most wide open shooting space.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so he, he thinks Chuck and chili are in there and he's like, what are you guys doing? And, uh, I wrote best case scenario. They're in there fucking, so leave them alone. <laughs> and he says, are you guys doing something that I shouldn't see? The- <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, and as he goes in, a mummified cow's head falls down on him. Um, so Vera, cut to Vera, she accidentally drops Shelly's wallet into the water. <laughs> uh, and then she goes into the water to get it. And Jason comes out in his hockey mask. She thinks it's Shelly. He has a harpoon gun. And then uh, he shoots a harpoon led by fishing line right into her
1: eye (laughs) yeah um i was uh on letterboxd earlier today um and i just i wanted to note i don't know if you're familiar with this phenomenon but sometimes so letterboxd we've talked about before it's kind of like if you're familiar with goodreads it's like that but for movies you log movies rate them review them and one of the things I like to do is make lists and title lists and organize and rank lists. And it's not a coincidence we started a podcast like this. Um, but have you experienced the phenomenon of people uh, making lists for the purpose of comedy? You know, sort of like, yes, right. Within yeah. the format of letterbox, like you make a list that is funny and it's conception and people get a chuckle. Yeah. So I was browsing through some stuff with Friday the 13th and one of the lists that I came upon uh, by a username, it's Uncle Carl, is 3D horror movies from the 80s with a shot of someone firing a harpoon gun at the camera.
0: <laughs> and there are two
1: movies on the list, this one and Jaws 3D. <laughs> oh,
0: of course, yeah. Uh,
1: yes. Wow. Well, I got a good laugh out of that.
0: Um, so now the body count's up to six. Uh, <laughs> upstairs, Andy and Deb are finishing up. Um i thought this line was funny she's like that was the best one yet was it you mirror the hammock uh and i wrote why is there no nudity in this movie (laughs) then i wrote oh okay there is (laughs) yeah uh so deb's in the shower jason comes up the stairs (laughs) andy walks around on his hands no reason for no reason uh asks her if she wants a beer She's pregnant. Remember, keep that in mind. uh And I guess she forgets because she says yes. But then she gets out really quickly and is like, no, no, I don't. (laughs) She remembered she was Um, pregnant
1: and changed her mind.
0: Yeah. So as he's walking on his hands, Jason gets him and then absolutely fucking obliterates him with a machete. Yeah. He's upside down
1: on his hands. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we're seeing like through a plexiglass, Mm -hmm. like he's on plexiglass and they're shooting up. And you see his hands, and Jason, I, it's hard to tell exactly what's happening, mm-hmm. just that his body, like, folds in a way that it shouldn't, and blood starts pouring down.
1: Yeah, they created a prosthesis of his uh, lower half. Um, uh-huh. It's, a, like, a plaster cast, uh, and it's I think it's, like, filled with fake blood, and so, like, he does, like, hack a machete into where his groin would be. Um, yeah, and then it all kind of the apparatus sort of tumbles off and
0: blood spills everywhere, and it, it's
1: pretty good. It, lo- it looks pretty good. Pretty decent. good, yeah.
0: Uh, so body counts up to seven, um, and then uh, she's uh, oh she goes back to her hammock. She pulls out a a Fangoria magazine. I, I, I was get, getting a little too cute. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it. You liked it? I just like seeing an old issue of Fangoria. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, and then blood drips on her from above and Andy is like stuffed into the rafters fully cut in half yeah
1: you can see some intestines
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then uh, she gets stabbed through the chest from below uh, through the hammock very much like Kevin Bacon with the arrow Mm -hmm. body count goes up to 8 um Chuck's downstairs Chuck's making popcorn and Chili comes in and he asks her, "Was that was that you screaming?" And she says, "Probably Debbie having an orgasm." <laughs> Which I mean, fair, <laughs> fair, yeah. yeah. Then the power goes out. Uh, he goes into the basement to investigate, attacks a taxidermied skunk, scares him, uh, scares him, and uh, he, he he gets really horny over a pinup that's that's on the wall. <laughs> They, then uh, upstairs, Shelly bursts through the door, and his throat is cut. Yeah, uh, we don't see it happen, but his throat's cut. Chili thinks he's joking, but he's not. Yeah, we got a little Boy body who cried go-
1: wolf moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, body count goes up to nine. Um, Chuck gets a light on. Jason's right behind him, and he throws him into the fuse box, and he's electrocuted. Body count goes up to ten. Yeah,
1: and it may seem um, like it may seem like Eric's really rushing through this to get to the end, but honestly. Yeah. Like, all of this happens in the span of five minutes, and we've had very little happening for the past half Previous. hour. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a pretty low body count for for the yeah. first, like, 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah, I would say that they're just like... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I would say then, like, the last 30 minutes really ramps up. Yeah, the pacing is not great. No. Um. So, she goes upstairs. Downstairs, Jason grabs a red-hot fire poker and rams it through her body. Um, body count goes up to 11. Chris and Rick are almost home and the wind is picking up. They notice that the lights are off and they smell something burning. Uh, Rick investigates a cabin <clears throat> and he thinks everybody's left gone and left them. Uh, so he decides he's going to go outside and check to see where everybody went. Um, uh, he's gone for like a second and Chris just goes to look for him. Mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't see but around the corner Jason has him by the head. He's holding him by the head. Yeah. Like with his palms on his temple and he squeezes his head and his eye pops out towards the camera on fishing line. <laughs> it looks like shit. It looks like shit. And they showed what the what the like dummy mm-hmm. looked like. Yeah. In that documentary mm-hmm. and it looked cooler than the final like like the dummy without the make like the skin on right. it looked creepier and cooler than the final product. Uh body concept of twelve, I don't know if I said that. She's alone now. She checks out the cabin. The bathtub is overflowing with a bunch of bloody clothes, I guess. I couldn't tell if it was a body or if it was just clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes down towards the barn and Loco's body falls down just at the right moment. Another like like in part one, when when uh, uh, Christy, the guy came remember the Steve, like when his body just kind of falls down perfectly from a tree. Right. At just exactly the right moment. Um, and uh, back, she goes back to the cabin. The wind's kicking up a gale. Rick's body is just effortlessly launched through the window. (laughs) Like Jason would have to be fucking strong to do that. Rick's a big dude. Yeah, Rick is a big dude. He's like at least over six feet. And he's just like launched like a rag doll. And then Jason unveils himself to to her. Uh, She knocks a bunch of books on him. And then it's just cat and mouse time. Um, she finds Deb's body. She pulls a butcher, uh, butcher's knife from Deb's back. The, uh, so I guess there's a knife. This is not, in the closet, a... right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: I wanted to call this out. This is, um you know, we've had a lot of. Uh, especially, like, final girls across these three movies running from Jason and this, like you said, this kind of cat and mouse. And this was the first time that I was really feeling the classic trope of, like, she's doing dumb stuff. Um,
0: Yeah, running upstairs. She ran
1: upstairs, and then not only that, she went into a closet. Like, she went into the smallest room possible, locks the door, and then proceeds to just scream a bunch uh to draw him directly to her and it's like it's 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 a little bit annoying
0: um so she got she has the butcher knife and as jason hacks to the door she stabs him in the arm and in the leg it's pretty gruesome actually looks pretty cool yeah those
1: look good um pulls the
0: knife oh he pulls the knife from his leg and throws it at her (laughs) and it like sticks into the wall it's pretty cool yeah um, it's pretty cool. You remember that part? That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was dope. Um, she goes through the window and as she does, Jason like grabs her, mm-hmm. um, and is holding her there for a second within her jacket rips and she falls to the ground. She's freed. Um, as he leaves the cabin, she surprises him and hits him over the head with a log and she tries to drive off in the van. But of course she doesn't get far because the biker gang took the gas right and so she's stuck on this like wooden bridge it's like rickety wooden bridge and the van starts like fall through which is not a great design for a bridge (laughs) do not stop on that fucking bridge Uh, um the back tires stuck and jason grabs her through the window she rolls his hands up in the window and runs away. Yeah,
1: except, I, again, uh, uh, two things I want to say about this sequence, or three things. I have three notes. One, I'm amazed that the van started at all. That felt like not what I was expecting out of a horror movie. Um, yeah, same. Or at least that he would get to the car before she... So I was like, oh, she actually managed to drive away. That's amazing. Then, as she's driving in this fucking blue 70s van, the whole time, I'm just going, please crash into a tree. Please crash into a tree. Oh, I
0: know. Oh, it would have been so
1: good. (laughs) Damn it, it just comes to a rolling stop. Um, (laughs) And then, there's like a weird little bit of unnecessary business with... uh, There's a switch for a fuel reserve in the van that, like, she runs out of gas... Then realizes there's a switch, flips it over to the reserve, starts the van again. But then he's there, uh, yeah. and, the, oh, and then it goes through you know the what bridge. I missed that. Yeah,
0: and it's just like, I miss that. I must have been taking a note.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just the kind of it didn't affect the outcome at all. So it was like a weird so, detail, um,
0: and then. It, <laughs> It's almost like somebody on the set was like, well, you know, those vans, they <laughs> they're reserve fuel. So no one's going to buy this unless you flip over to that. Yeah,
1: And that guy only showed up to do this for one moment in the movie because there's yeah. <laughs> 10 other things that don't make any sense. Um, and then the, the shooting, the way they shoot this window rolling up thing is kind of confusing and dumb to me because I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. But you don't see it. You see her start to roll up the handle and then his hands are just stuck. And it's like, and my note was like, why can't you show the window rolling up? It's literally, it's like the easiest effect to, to to execute. Just do it, you know, but they don't, Um, it's a weird cut.
0: It is, it is strange. Uh, So she goes into the barn um, and like kind of barricades it, but Jason easily gets in. She's hiding on a rafter, kind of, like, hanging mm-hmm. precariously. And he's starting to tear the barn apart, looking for her. Uh And I realize at this point, there's no motivation for his wrath. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, in the in the first movie, well, he wasn't even in the first, well, he, you know what I mean. Right. Uh, the second movie, these people are, like, on his turf. Right. And I guess maybe that could be said about this one, but there's no, like connection that he has to any of these people. So why is he he just likes killing, I guess. Yeah. Um she falls off of the rafter onto Jason and knocks him over. There's more cat and mouse shit. She brains him with a shovel. Uh she ties some rope from the top of the barn. Yeah, they get up to the second floor.
2: Neck.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and then hangs him. Like pushes him off and hangs him. And of course, you know, everything is is safe. Everything's good now. He's dead. Jason's dead. Movie over. Uh, She climbs down. She pushes the barn door open. He's hanging. But oh, shit, he's still alive. Um, He pulls his mask up and she recognizes him as the the man who abducted her in the woods. Right. And then, oh, fuck, Ali is still alive. So, (laughs) correction, the body count's actually 11. Yeah. Uh, and then Jason chops Ali's hands off and kills him. Body count goes up to 12.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Ali. It's just the dumbest reappearance with no justification. It's just like, they're like, we need somebody to jump out here for reasons unknown. Okay. He could conceivably still be alive.
0: (laughs) Uh, Chris. Oh, no. Uh, so Chris grabs an ax and hits Jason right in the face. Um, and he kinda he's still alive, and he kinda comes at her and weakens and then falls down onto the ground. So she gets into a canoe, goes out into this shitty, shitty lake. It looks awful. It's, it looks terrible. Um, and then in a much uglier shot than part one, she's sleeping in the canoe. Um and then several things scare her. <laughs> <laughs> including including a log bumping into the boat and a duck flying. <laughs> it's so
1: dumb. It's like, it's like four dumb little jump scares in a row.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. And then she sees Jason in the top floor of the cabin, and he's alive and he's screaming. He's bloody, and she tries to canoe away quickly. And Jason bursts through the door, it, like literally the door like flies off mm-hmm. of his hinges. Yeah. And then oh shit. It was just her imagination. Everything's fine. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Mrs. Voorhees <laughs> jumps from the the lake, the small lake. Uh-huh. She's And then she grabs her. There's a snake coming out of her head. And she drags Chris under. Mm. So we got our, our, what has now become classic. We have to have that final scare. So it's just Mrs. Voorhees repeated in the. Jason slot right. part one yeah and then, then... the sheriffs are there <laughs> yeah and then the sheriffs are there Chris is the only one left alive she asks what about that lady in the lake uh they put her in a cop car she's freaking the fuck out They drive away we pan over to Jason he's laying still laying dead with the axe in his head and then we see the surface of the lake and a bubble pops on the surface so, implying, <laughs> she's still down there, I guess. It's just,
1: ah, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I am really looking forward to hopefully this like confusing ass ending trope that they have going here being done with because yeah, it's like just trying to unpack it is it makes your brain hurt because it doesn't make any sense and you want to make sense out of it and it's just like it's just like fake out scares and nonsensical and then like why you know i don't and i was like well at least you know the, at the end they're panning over to jason on the floor of the barn and i'm like i assume he'll his eyes will open or his hand will move yeah like, i thought so too nothing happens it's just like it's all the ending just loses so much steam and it's not like this movie had a huge head of steam in the first place but it like it really yeah it kind of screeches to a halt
0: So, with our wrap-up here, the body count is the highest we've seen so far in the series. It's 12 people killed. Um, Favorite character. This is one I'm struggling with because I'm not sure that any of the characters are very clearly defined, except for Shelly. Right, but you don't don't really care for Shelly. I don't really care for Shelly. So, maybe I'm going to have to go with the combo... Uh, Debbie and Chris mm. not Chris, uh, Debbie and Andy because yeah. it does seem like they're into each other yeah,
1: they have fun they goof around, yeah. they've got a couple jokes and stuff Um, I don't know my favorite character I'm going to zig a little bit here because I feel like this is a character that got short shrift and like could have been a much better character if she'd had anything to do uh, but i'm going to go with vera um
0: yeah cuz i I, could see that. I
1: do think that like of the three sort of main female cast members she is the most interesting i think she might be the best act i mean you know what uh she's definitely better than chris chris is uh chris is not a great actor um you know i would I, maybe she sort of ties with um uh, she, fuck, I can never remember her goddamn name. Who's your um, your girl? Debbie. Yeah. Debbie. Yeah. But Vera, I mean, at least her interactions with Shelly, because the thing is, Shelly isn't likable. Um, but I right. re- relate to Shelly until I found out he called her a bitch. And then I kind of. <laughs> if you hadn't told me that, I would have picked Shelly. But now that I know that, I'm going to pick Vera instead.
0: <laughs> um. So that sort of ties into, uh, you know, one thing we like to highlight here. Uh, moments that age the worst. This movie is now whoa, same age as me. Actually, it has a birthday coming up, just like myself. Uh, Thirty. It'll be thirty-eight years old. Um, Head over to the
1: OnlyFans if you want to see Eric's uh, Amazon wish list to uh, <laughs> get him something for his birthday.
0: Yeah, a lot of toys, plugs, like <laughs> um, with fox tails and whatnot on them. Uh. You know, I'm kind of, I don't really have one other than, I guess, Shelley's bitch comment, but whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't really have a moment that aged poorly for me. Oh, you know what? I'm going to think outside the box here. Think outside the bun. It's the shitty 3D effects.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, they aged terribly. I think that's, yeah. I think that's very fair. Um, Man, you know, I have a lot of objections to this movie. Um none of them are like super major. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say the the stoner characters. I'm guessing mm. that that was like people were really into Cheech and Chong in the early '80s, and maybe that rang as something fun. But like now, it's just like, yeah, super cliche, and they just like they're just dumb. They're dumb caricatures, and it doesn't
0: it doesn't work at all. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, we like to rate the scariness of these movies uh, on what we like to call the Carpenter scale, where every horror movie we believe rates somewhere along the film output of the director, John Carpenter, one of our favorites. Uh, for me, this is not a very scary movie at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's some jump scares, nothing really creepy in it. Um so, and it's also very brightly lit yeah. and cartoony. So, for that reason, I am going with Escape from LA. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, that's why I went first. <laughs> you took Christine last time. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Um, well, I mean, Eric and I are really getting dialed in on the Carpenter scale here. Yeah, um, we, are. <laughs> we might have to just start collaborating on this from uh, from here on out yeah um, yeah but yeah i uh i will i was also going to say escape from la i think it's this is not a scary movie um and you know none of these movies are like terrifying but this one in particular certainly lower on the scale than either of the previous previous two
0: yeah totally uh and then so finally just our our pass or fail favorite very binary. kill favorite kill Oh, fuck, man! I always do. Keep those. trying to skip the one that is the most applicable to this series. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Uh-huh. Uh, I for some reason my, my eyes just always move past it. Uh, favorite death. So yeah, Mike, why don't you why don't you weigh in on your favorite death?
1: Um, yeah, you know there are a couple that work pretty well. Um, in terms of, uh, you know ingenuity, especially in the way that it was shot, um, I will go with uh, the one we previously discussed, Andy's upside down groin splitting, because I also think it gets a nice little cherry on top from when we see his body stashed in the rafters.
0: Yeah, we're simpatico here. That's that's also my choice, uh, and I think I mean honestly, there's not much that compares to that one. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the most brutal death we've seen in any of these movies. I think. Yeah, just like out and out brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe the marks machete in the face and then trip down the staircase. Yeah, ranks up there. But yeah, it that's it's cool. It, it looks str- it looks strange. Yeah, which I think is a really a really like. Extreme violence, I would imagine, <laughs> looks strange when it's happening. Yeah, or unnatural. Like, really, like, happening? Yeah. In unnatural, yeah. And his body just crumples in this weird, unnatural way. Yeah. Uh, that I thought was very cool and effective. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. So, finally, sorry, I skipped ahead to it before. Does this movie... Is this a pass or is it a fail for you, Mike? Um, You know,
1: I think... I, it, you, we have so many movies to go, and I know there are some real stinkers down the line. So I'm debating how stingy I want to be right now, because I feel like... Yeah, me too. I feel like we could... And I th- I'm just going to reserve the right to change my mind about this when we reach the end of the road. Um, mm-hmm. But for now, I think because of the clunkiness of the 3D, the bad acting, uh, the lack of fun fun in general. I don't think it's, I think it wants to be a fun movie, but it doesn't really succeed. And there's not enough TNA. Uh, <laughs> and the disco theme is great, but it only appears at the beginning and end credits. Um, mm-hmm. So for all of those reasons, I'm going to give this one, this is a fail. I think, um, yeah, if I'm if I'm curating my list of like, hey, here's a streamlined uh, Friday the 13th uh, this one's got to be off it because I think I was on the fence about the first one and I would definitely recommend the first before I'd recommend this.
0: Yeah, uh, although that's an interesting choice because it is the first time we see his, his mask. Mm-hmm. and That's kind of the only lasting yeah thing from this movie. Uh, yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, it, to me, it's like a soft fail. Um, yeah, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I had fun watching it. Um but as you said we're about to we're going to watch like 11 movies so <laughs> not all of them are going to be worth the price of admission. Yeah. Uh great. Well, hey, you have a a new segment that you wanted to debut here, right? I
1: do. Uh yeah, if you want to jump right into it. Uh so this is a little bit of a surprise for Eric cuz this is something I put together. Um that uh, I thought would tie in nicely. Uh, you know, we've discussed the <clears throat> drawbacks of the 3D shooting of this movie, but this was a movie that did very well in the box office with the 3D effects, and it was one of the first movies of the 80s to really contribute to the resurgence of 3D in theaters, specifically horror movies. Um, for anybody who's unfamiliar, uh, the 50s was really the heyday of 3D in the theaters, specifically with horror movies and scary movies. That was a big thing. Um, it kind of went away, uh, especially as you got into the 70s and later in the 70s. And But there was this sort of bounce back that happened. Uh partly kicked off by this movie um and then funny how these things are sort of cyclical same pattern there's a bunch of movies that come out in the 80s then they kind of uh recede and Mm -hmm. then you see this happen again in the 2000s uh late 2000s early 2010s um so anyways i wanted to test some of eric's knowledge of this history of 3d horror movies um all right. And I wanted to present it to you in in a way that could be kind of fun and would work for just a a back and forth. So here's what I have done. Um, I have assembled to the best of my ability, and this is not a list that I could find on the internet. So I spent uh, an unreasonable amount of time doing this today. Um, <laughs> I curated the list as best I can tell that represents the 10 highest grossing 3D horror movies. Starting in 1980 and going forward to present day. Um, There are a couple caveats here that hopefully should whittle down what we're dealing with. So the first and biggest one is... uh, Well, obviously, like I said, they're all horror movies. So I tried to stay away from things that kind of skate the the line between... Is it horror? Is it sci-fi? Is it something else? It's like, these should all feel firmly like horror movies also, all of these were shot in 3D. So, none of these okay. are post-conversion 3D movies, which you see a lot of nowadays. Um, yeah, You know, so like something like The Avengers or any big blockbuster release action movie, most of those have 3D releases, but that is all post-conversion 3D where they add 3D effects in the post-production process. So, you won't have any of those. All of these movies were shot with 3D cameras. Um, so, like I said, 1980 to now, all U.S. releases, uh, and then there were two fairly well-known 3D movies from the 80s that I could not find any box office data for anywhere, so they're not on the list. Um, it, they're, I mean, they're not that well known. They're pretty obscure. But one is Parasite from 1982, which is famous for having the first appearance uh, in a feature film of Demi Moore. Um, and then oh. And then the other one is called Silent Madness. Um, okay, so both of those are off the list. Uh, and then one more piece of info, let's just get all this out of the way and then we can jump into it. So there are 10 movies on this list. I thought this would fit really well with our podcast because of these 10 movies, only one is a non sequel non-remake. They are, Hmm. Nine of ten are all part of a franchise. Okay. Um, And so I have this top ten, and I thought it would be fun to go through this sort of family feud style. Um, So they are ranked in order of gross, and I adjusted it for box office inflation, so that should hopefully reflect how big that movie was in the box office. Wow. So it's not all-time box office. It is adjusted for inflation. Um, so the way I figured I'd do this is you can start your guessing, uh, what's on this list okay. and you have three strikes. Um, and after you get three strikes, you're out and we're going to see oh, okay. how many of these okay. you can get. Um, and I have some,
0: so this is from 1980 until current,
1: until current day. Yeah. And, okay. Um, I have some hints for you if you get into trouble. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, but uh, how do you feel? You want to jump into it? Yeah, let's jump into it. Okay, here we go. Eric Goslin plays Family Feud with the top 10 highest grossing 3D horror movies. Uh,
0: okay, so I'm going to go with this movie, Friday the 13th, part three. Is that allowed? Is that yes, one of the options? Yes, that is
1: allowed. If we had a sound effects board, I'd go ding, ding, ding. Um, Great. Yeah, so that is number two on the list. Uh, with, wow. With an adjusted gross uh, for inflation of $120 million. Wow. Uh,
0: secondly, I'm going to go with Jaws 3D.
1: There we go. We knocked out the top two on the list. Jaws 3D, number one, 1983, gross $45 million. Adjusted one hundred and
0: thirty-five million. Um. Okay, I'm gonna go with a more recent one. Okay. Uh. Okay. No. Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think.
1: <laughs> if you if you run into trouble, I can I can give you some hints. Uh,
0: is there a? Fi- I don't know which one it is, mm-hmm. but a final destination, maybe five. You nailed it
1: the final wow. destination uh and so far you have now t- hit the top three. Uh, oh wow
0: that was that high yeah
1: so that one it came out in 2009 and it grossed 66 million dollars adjusted that's about 80 million in today's box office
0: wow um,
1: yeah and i will say this too like at this like i'm not gonna be too hard on you if you can if you, honestly if you get the franchise right that's probably good
0: enough okay cool yeah. cool Uh, this is more of a dark horse. I'm not sure that it would be on here, but My Bloody Valentine 3D, correct? Fuck yeah!
1: Number five.
0: Uh, Number five. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I mean, you're definitely getting the big ones. Uh, yeah, that one with an adjusted gross of sixty-three million dollars. Uh, so right now you are you are uh, zero strikes. You're killing it, and you have six left. You have the number four slot, and then six through ten uh amityville 3d that is number 10 number 10 just okay. made the list that one uh only grossed about six million dollars back in 1983 but that was good for 18 million adjusted
0: okay so i feel like i've got a lot of the low-hanging fruit here mm-hmm. now i'm going to start to struggle a bit because i'm running out of <laughs> <laughs> movies that you can remember movies that i know of <laughs> Yeah, that's part of the challenge uh so, I'm just in my head. I'm just gonna run through. Uh, there are no Texas Chainsaw Massacres, no other Friday the Thirteenth movies that are in 3D, no Nightmare on Elm Streets. Um. Oh, oh, f- no. Um. 3D. Okay, so it would have been. I'm thinking in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a no? Insidious.
1: Um, I do not have an insidious on my list. No. Okay. So that would be your first strike. Strike one.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you like a hint? Think, let's, Yeah, I'll take a hint.
1: Okay, well, so this isn't one of my uh, pre-determined hints, but I'll tell you this just to help you out. Of the five movies you have remaining, um, four of the five, or no, sorry, of the six you have remaining, five of the six are from the last decade.
0: Okay, okay. All right, that's helpful. Um, Piranha 3D. Number nine or should I, let me correct myself three double d <laughs>
1: which one is your final answer
0: isn't it three double d
1: I'm going to need piranha. I'm going to need a yeah'm three 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 double,
0: three
1: double three d. D. d incorrect yeah. what yeah uh it
0: is this piranha three d
1: yeah so and I'm going to tell you, I'm not I'm not trying to be difficult here. Those are two different movies.
0: Oh, shit. Is the first one in 3D? The, they're both the in, second one is... Co- they're both in they're 3D. Both in 3D.
1: Um, the first one grossed uh, over $25 million. The second one absolutely tanked. Um, okay. And is not on the top ten.
0: Okay. So... Th- which is the one? They're both in three D. They're both in three D. One's 3D. called the first one's one is three D. The next one is called three double D. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. That is also one of the most uncomfortable viewing experiences, uh, theater experiences <laughs> I've ever had, because I saw that movie and there was a family with young children <laughs> in the row ahead of me. Oh boy. And that movie is ultra violent. There's like, like Jerry O'Connell gets his dick bit yeah. off. Gianna Michaels gets her like tits dangled in the water.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, it's a lot of fun.
0: Um, Okay, so you are you're sitting
1: here with two strikes now um, and you have four movies left. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a hint right now, Okay, uh, which is you have already stated false information uh, in the course of your considerations.
0: Okay. Oh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you want to take a guess at the name of the movie? Is it
0: like leather? Is it like the third of the remakes? Is it 3D? Yeah,
1: it's called Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And it came out in 2013. Uh, I don't know if it's the third it. of the re- reboot series, but it is part of that reboot. Um, okay. Yeah, it's people running wild with that intellectual property. Um,
0: uh, so I really want to try to get the one that's not a series. Okay. Would, um,
1: yeah, that one. Um, I mean, it's definitely it definitely got a major theatrical release. Um, and I'll tell you this: it came out in twenty eleven. Twenty
0: eleven. What was I doing in twenty eleven? I was socializing. <laughs> Yeah,
1: you, <laughs> um, you have 3 left here. You have one uh this this aforementioned non-franchise from 2011. The other okay. two are both from wildly successful franchises. Um, oh fuck, okay. And uh, the last bit of information I will give you and then you are on your own is uh one of those two is the remaining uh non-2000s. It it was released in
0: 1991. Number four on the list. Number four on the list. 1991. Oh, what a time. We had... I don't think the uh, war in Iraq had started yet. Uh, Trump, trouble, a was young, a brewing. trouble was a-brewin'. Trouble um, oh, was a-brewin'. Fuck. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I don't want to belabor this too much. Not what our big 90s... Or what are big franchises that were like still going into the '90s? This one, mm-hmm. Friday Thirteenth. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, fuck. Uh, fu- Pol- Poltergeist? No, that's not it.
1: Yeah, to get us uh, here. I. Uh, you still have one strike left, so you think you should use it. But you've got your ninety-one, and you've got your other two. The other one is from later. I
0: said, uh, I did say poltergeist. I don't know if you heard me. Oh,
1: you're gonna guess poltergeist?
0: Nah, no. Nah, I guess I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Um. There's
1: there's a couple of people at home who are screaming at you through their. Uh, oh my god! I know. Through their. Driving me. Their earpods right now.
0: What is a nineties? The Wishmaster is all I can think of. Why do I always think of the Wishmaster? Um, okay, I'm going to go with a a Jeepers Creepers. Was that not in the 90s, but that was that a 3D movie ever? That is
1: incorrect. Uh, you have struck out. You got 7 out of 10, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so the one that's killing the fans at home, presumably... You you weren't just wrong about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's 1991 Freddy's Dead the Final Nightmare is a 3D film.
0: That's a 3D film? Yes it is. I never saw it.
1: Yeah, there you go. We found <laughs> yeah. the gap in your knowledge. Yeah. Wow, damn it. Yeah, and that one number 4 on the list that an uh, adjusted 77 million. Um and then the other two um Number six on the list, came out in 2010,
0: Saw 3D. Oh, uh, yeah, that's going to be one of my... I forgot yeah. that I didn't say that.
1: Yeah, and then the final one, the only non-franchise entry on the list, not an easy one, but one that I was aware of, uh, 2011's Shark Knight, which is also titled Shark Knight 3D. Um, huh. Yeah, and it's basically like... From what I remember of the trailer, it's like Friday the Thirteenth, but with sharks. <laughs> it's like a bunch of it's like a bunch of nubile teens go to a cabin that's like on a bay or something like that, and they keep getting eaten by sharks.
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. I have never heard of that movie. Uh,
1: yeah, I remember when it came out. Uh, anyways, yeah, that one, uh, yeah, uh, certainly probably the most forgettable of all of these, but. All right, so 7 out of 10, I think you did pretty well. Well, thank you, Mike, yeah. for for letting me show off a bit for the fans. Of course. Maybe <laughs> some point down the line we
0: can switch chairs and, and you, yeah. you, can, you can quiz me on something. Absolutely. Uh, okay, guys, that just about does it for Friday the 13th Part 3 for us. Um, If you want to write into us for any reason, you can do so at killstreakpodcast at gmail.com. That's killstreakpod at gmail.com. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why you do it. <laughs> killstreakpod at gmail.com. Uh, where can they go to leave us a voicemail if they want to do so? Yeah, you can go to our, our web
1: page that is uh, anchor.fm slash killstreakpod.
0: Um and we'll be coming at you hot on Thursday. Yeah, well Thursday. Um, yeah, Thursday. Yeah, we will yep. be
1: back soon.
0: <laughs> Either way, we're we'll back soon. We're going two a week. We're blazing through these bad boys with the final installment <laughs> of the Friday the Thirteenth series. Uh, the final chapter. Yeah, it's called. And then, uh, man, feels good. Almost done. <laughs> yeah, finish line is in sight. Light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> But uh, until next time, and as always, are you guys doing something that I shouldn't see?